All right, everybody, welcome back to the showcase. I'm your host, Paris Jackson. On today's episode, we are one game into the first round of the playoffs. Teams have been eliminated in the play-in, and the matchups are set. We're one game in, and we're going to talk about it all. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the showcase. Officially one game into every of the eight series. We had a full slate of games on Saturday and a full game of sl a slate of games on Sunday as well. Got one sample set. We did have a couple of injuries throughout the course of the weekend that will have some bearings. We'll talk about every single series, you know, and go conference by conference from basically the series with the least contention and work our way to the most contentious just so we can get some stuff out of the way early. But some teams have looked surprisingly great. Some teams have looked not so great. And there's been some series and some things that we've just seen that we were kind of expected um, in these opening round matchups. But it really is, this is my favorite time of the NBA season slash cycle, this first round, because not only are the players just playing meaningful minutes, like we'll talk about Kawhi and his huge basically second half stint, for the Clippers, um, you know, we'll talk about all the different schemes and, and, and drawn-ups that each individual series is presenting. But you get these matchups that are just awesome. Like, Knicks Cavaliers is going to be an awesome series. And you'll get several other awesome series throughout. You know, Kings Warriors is going to be awesome. Um, you know, Celtics and 76ers are both kind of flexing their respective muscles and might make quick work out of their first round um you know so not every single series is going to be super super fascinating but the ones that are are amazing just amazing so we had some great basketball getting played on both saturday and sunday and uh you know without further ado we'll kind of just go through each series so i want to start in the eastern conference because that's the one that's obviously played earlier in the day and um you know, I think moving from least contentious to most contentious series, I think the least, there's a, a little bit of a tie for least contentious, but I think Hawks-Celtics is probably the least contentious series out of all of them. I mean, the Celtics established a 30-point lead in the first half of Game 1. You know, this is reminiscent of last year. Celtics ended up sweeping the Nets, for those of you that, you know, need a refresher, Celtics have been very good in getting out of the first round these last few years, and this year appears to be no different. Now, the Hawks have basically been a 500 team all year, super up and down, um, and for them to have to face basically the defending Eastern Conference champ in the first round, where they're just outsized and outmatched, I think, at nearly every position except for maybe point guard, um, you know, with Trey Young being obviously having the offensive prowess that a Marcus Smart wouldn't. But the Celtics are minus 2,500 to winning this series. I mean, that is an absolute lock of a lock. Two grand to win 100, basically. Two and a half grand to win 100. Um, you know, and I think everybody knows. I think the Hawks know it. The Celtics know it. This will be probably a gentleman sweep at best. I mean, the Hawks did come back. Um to make it a little bit closer of a game. So if you just look at the box score, you would think maybe this just got out of hand at the end. But, man, Hawks just got absolutely routed. 
And maybe it's because the Celtics had a whole week of rest and the Hawks had to play in the original playing game on Tuesday. But even still, between Tuesday and, and Saturday, they were afforded enough time to rest um, and should have made a better showing if they are going to come out of this at all. Um, you don't really love counting out any team that makes the playoffs at all. Um but we're talking about the eighth seed here that was barely 500, um, you know. So I think it's safe to assume that the Celtics go ahead and take care of business. Looking at the odds, Celtics sweep is at plus 160. Celtics gentlemen sweep is at plus 180. Um, personally, I'd take just Celtics winning in five uh, since it's likely that the Hawks will win at least one game, right? They have two in Atlanta at the very least. Um they should come away with at least one game. If you wanted to just cover yourself and take both Celtics minus two and a half is minus 270. So it is a bit juice that you'd have to pay on this one. But at least it would cover both the sweep and the gentleman sweep. If you weren't too sure about which one to go with, you would get both covered. Um, you know, the Hawks are just one of those mid teams, you know, and very very unluckily to have to face the Celtics in the first round, um, you know, who have that championship, at least pedigree, even though they've not won anything, they still are the defending Eastern Conference champions um, who only really improved their roster over the offseason. So that's for that one. <clears throat> I'd stay away. Um, maybe I'd take Celtics in five at plus 180, but uh, everything else, there's not a ton of value and I think the Celtics probably just take care of business and get a nice long rest before round two, uh, which likely they'll face the 76ers <clears throat> after they get done with the Nets. So the 76ers are minus 1,500 favorites over the Nets. Uh, and it's pretty much what we talked about last week, right, when this matchup was already set. The Nets just don't have a ton of star power. They were able to make it a bit of a more competitive game this weekend versus the Hawks. Um, but by the time you're listening to this recording, we're probably halfway into 76ers Nets game two already. I think they go up 2-0 after tonight and they also end this one in a sweep or five games. Never put it past any playoff team to win at least one. I think sweeps are fairly rare. I'd have to go back and look at the data and see how often we really do get sweeps in the first round. There's probably one every year but gentlemen sweeps are just just more likely um so exactly five games is plus 180 if you wanted to take that under five and a half very similar to the celtics minus two, minus two and a half bet is minus 210 so a little bit less juice and you're still covered in both the sweep and the gentleman sweep and really in both these series that you know are seemingly so lopsided you just don't want to see any injuries, right? I hope Embiid, Harden, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, you know, you name the player on both of these squads. I hope that they remain healthy um, throughout <clears throat> this series so that going into next series, we get a nice, clean Celtics 76ers matchup. And, uh, you know, we can be excited for that second round matchup that would likely begin I don't know, midway through next week, towards the end of next week. But, um, you know, so I am i don't recommend, you know, betting on the Hawks or the Nets to come out of this one. I just don't think they have the, the caliber to do so. Um, and that's that. 
The next two series in the East, it's hard to decide the order of contention, but the reason we're going to talk about Heat and Bucks, and the reason for that is because it is largely dependent upon the status of Giannis, right? So the Bucks currently are still minus 270 favorites here over the Heat, despite dropping game one, <clears throat> so they do need to win four out of six. Giannis's injury is really going to determine this one, but the Heat also lost their who lately has been their best scorer in Tyler Hero. I mean, he was a bright spy, bright light in an otherwise dark game on Tuesday against the Hawks. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler can definitely get to that level. Kyle Lowry, I think, put up 33, which was great for him on Tuesday. I didn't, I didn't really see the stat line from the, the game against the Bulls. But, you know, they definitely can get to that level. We just haven't seen it from the Heat, really, this year. They're just a team where, on paper, they probably should be a lot better than they are. Um, you know, having win that second play-in game just to make the playoffs, it's not really the the spot that many thought that they would be in going into the year, even myself. I mean, I still have that heat, heat to win, you know, the East ticket, but it's likely going to get burned, that one, based on their play this year. Um, but, you know, if you are of the mindset that the Heat – Losing Tyler Hero is not going to be a massive deficit for them, like kind of next man up, and that Giannis' injury will either worsen or keep him out of you know a few games. The Heat being plus two forty to come out of the out of the series at all, it's not a bad bet. <clears throat> they only have to win three out of six games, so if they go five hundred against the Bucks, then they will win. If it gets to like a game six, a game seven, anything can happen. Jimmy Butler can turn it on. We've seen that in the playoffs. I just I don't think it's likely Giannis misses much of the series, if any. Maybe he misses like a game, <clears throat> and for the Heat, for them to lose Tyler Hero, um, you know, it puts an additional burden on the rest of the team, including some guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, that when you match them up against the Bucks counterparts, are just in a hole already. Now you're putting an additional burden on them. So Bucks in five is plus four fifty. Bucks in six is plus three hundred. Personally, I'm leaning towards the Bucks in six. I don't know why. I just like these series to go six for whatever reason. Like last week, I told you I took the Suns and the Warriors both to win in six, and we'll talk about them after the break when we we talk about the West. But you know, I just think taking the Bucks in six. It covers you in the event that Giannis does miss a game and the Heat are able to pick up a second win. Bucks in five is probably more likely. And honestly, you know, you could take both and still come out positive without taking like the under, what is it, six and a half games or whatever. I don't even think that line is available in most books. But if you want to take Bucks in five and Bucks in six and just put a hundred bucks on each. If they win in six, you come out, you know, 100, 200 bucks ahead. If you, if they come out in five, um, you know, then you obviously win 350 for that bet. So, um, very lucrative to take bucks in five or bucks in six, um, as so long as the bucks win, right? <laughs> and it doesn't go to seven. Um, but I think just based on the war of attrition that's happening between these two teams that that Giannis will won't be out for very long. He may miss a game and then the Bucks will go ahead and take care of business. I just think likely in six. And that leads us to what will be, in my opinion, the best series 
in this first round in the East, which is going to be Knicks versus Cavs. I think both these teams match up very well against each other. Um, but they match up very well against each other. And the Knicks have actually swung to being the favorite at minus 160 after stealing game one on the road. Personally, I don't expect the Cavs to play as badly again in the first half. I think the the turnover deficit, points off turnover deficit was like 18 to 3 or 16 to 3. So they had a lot of turnovers in the first half. Donovan Mitchell continues his kind of like first round of playoff like greatness. Um, and this goes all the way back to the bubble series against the Nuggets in the first round. He just knows how to turn it on individually. Now, whether or not that translates into team wins is likely going to be very decisive um, about this. I Out of the Eastern series, I think this one is the most likely to go seven. Um, and the Knicks in seven gives you plus 600, and the Cavs in seven gives you plus 350. You could take both of these if you think similarly to I do. Um, you know, I think you'll have some time as well to see game two. We could be going into game three, one and one, and then it's a five game series. Um, and who knows? You know, it's going to be close. It's definitely going to be contested. You know, Jalen Brunson was playing really well. Julius Randle was able to get some boards. You might see some better play out of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen to kind of complement Donovan Mitchell's play in the East. You could take the Cavs at plus money just to win the series, especially if you took the Knicks at plus 180 and then you're just plus money on either side and, and would come out ahead. I don't necessarily recommend that. I don't have any current tickets out on this one. I likely can't give out an exact series price either just because I don't know. I don't know. The Knicks could win in five, and I wouldn't be surprised. The Cavs can win in five. And gentlemen sweep the Knicks, and I wouldn't be surprised. It could go to seven, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, I think anything can happen in this series, and I'm excited to see it. So the games for the Knicks continue tomorrow, I believe. Uh, and then following that, they're kind of on it every other day cadence for, um, you know, the rest. So tomorrow is Tuesday. Yep, they play at 430 and then, you know, from there, they play on Friday. Oh, wow. They get a little space. Okay. So, you know, <clears throat> keep – keep. there's playoff basketball every single day. So, you should be – if you're listening to this, you should be watching every single day. Um, but that wraps up the East. I think gun to my head, obviously, Sixers, Celtics, Bucks are who I pick to come out of the first round. And then – I just don't know on Knicks Cavs. I don't know. Gun to my head though. I think I think the Cavs end up turning it around and coming out of it. Um just off, you know, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to have continue to have the stellar performances and whether or not the Knicks can withstand that it's yet to be determined. I mean, the Knicks do have a leg up. They only have to win 3 out of 6. Cavs have to win 4 out of 6. Cavs have been the better team all year. Uh let's hope that they turn that around um looking at odds for teams to just come out of the eastern conference celtics and bucks have both shrunk to about plus 140 respectively celtics are a slight favorite over the bucks then you have the sixers at plus 400 knicks at plus 2000 Cavs at plus 2400 heat at plus 3600 
and then the Hawks and the Nets both above above 15,000. So um, obviously with the tickets open on the Bucks to win it all, plus 150, I mean, you'd get more value just kind of betting the game. Same with the Celtics. You could maybe take Sixers at plus 400 to come out of the East. We do have the finals ticket on them at plus 1325. So don't necessarily see any value here in picking a team to come out of the East, uh, unless you want to take a long shot bet, probably have more value just betting these teams game by game. Um, I think the ship might have sailed on picking an Eastern Conference champion winner. We are a little late to that. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about the West. Moving on to the Western Conference, which is my favorite conference. I was talking to my buddy about this the other day, and uh, we came to the realization that all the teams in the Pacific Division made the playoffs, um, which is kind of rare. I don't think that happens very often in terms of an entire division making the playoffs. Like You'll see you know, a good chunk of the division. I think the Atlantic division is often um, a division that that happens in where, you know, you'll get the Celtics, the Sixers, the Raptors, the Knicks all make the playoffs, but it'll be like one team that's left off. So for them this year, the Raptors are not in the, are not in the playoffs. So you have four out of five coming out of that division for the central division. You have two teams for the Southeast Division. You have two teams for the Northwest Division. You have two teams. Only one team out of the Southwest made the playoffs. But all five, all five of the Pacific Division teams made the playoffs. I'd have to look into when the last time that happened was. Uh, Obviously, for the Pacific Division, it's been a very long time because the Kings have just come out of that long playoff drought. Um Maybe the Southwest Division, if I'm just looking at it, um, you know, because you have the Grizzlies who made it for a long time, the Pelicans who made it for a long time, Mavs, Rockets, Spurs were all good within the last 10 years. Southeast Division, you get like teams like the Magic who miss the playoffs often, so probably not. Central Division, the Pistons haven't really made the playoffs in quite a while. So I'd probably like the Atlantic or the Southwest Divisions would be my top picks for divisions that have had the whole division make the playoffs. Obviously, the play-in game the last two years, I think, helps those chances, right, with the Lakers. Um, actually, the Lakers were in the seventh seed, so they didn't even need it. Uh, they didn't even need the play-in game uh, on the old rules, so they would have made it anyway. So, um, yeah, I'd have to look into that, but I thought that was very interesting. Like, the whole division made the playoffs. Um, and same thing we did for the East. Let's do for the West. Let's go from least contentious to most and we do get an interdivision matchup but that's going to be Denver and Minnesota. Denver is minus 1000 to win the series. I think this is actually low especially after talking about the Celtics and the Bucks, you know, being well north of that. The Nuggets are not I'm not going to say a slight favorite cuz minus 1000 is pretty good, but you know, that game Sunday was pretty late. It was the last game of the weekend didn't really have any injuries or anything to make me believe that the Nuggets 
aren't going to take care of business against the Timberwolves. Honestly, I was surprised that the Timberwolves even made the playoffs. Um, you know, just given how beat up their team was, you know, I talked about it last week when we did the playing game matchups. I thought that they were would lose to the Lakers, in which they did. It was actually the only play-in game I got right out of the four uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. But, hey, it'd be like that sometimes. And then, uh, you know, they did go on to beat the Pelicans to make the playoffs. Um, but just I was really just kind of like score-watching this game, and it wasn't close at any point, you know, because we – it was, it was also Coachella weekends. So my wife and I were watching, you know, the live streams and things of that nature. So I had the game on on my laptop, and I was just kind of looking down and seeing if the, the score would be made any closer, and it really wasn't the entire game. Um, you know, the, I did see that the Timberwolves were making some headway by seemingly just driving and attacking the paint, um, which maybe they'll find more success in if they continue to do that. Um, but the Nuggets have turned it back on. They're ready to play. You know, they're they're ready for that playoff run. Jamal Murray looked great. Jokic looked great. Aaron Gordon looked great. Uh, KCP looked great. Um, at no real point in yesterday's game was it a game. I think the T-Wolves are just a bad matchup. Like Jokic versus Cat. Jokic probably wins that battle, can outplay him. They really don't have any other bigs. The guard play is arguably better in Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray than it is in, like, Mike Conley and Anthony Edwards. Maybe if the Timberwolves had, like, Nas Reed and Jaden McDaniels back to help on the defensive end and, and kind of spread the minutes around. But with Nikhil Alexander-Walker getting a bunch of minutes for them, the Timberwolves is, like, I don't know. Um, I just, you know, this... And I hate to make all these first-round series, like, oh, this team's going to win in five, and this or this kind of team is going to win in sweeps, but it's just the way that they're shaken out with some of these matchups. Now, the first round is still my favorite. Anything could happen. All these teams did make the playoffs. We are talking about the top half of the league here, but I just think it's a bad matchup. You would need some tremendous play. I think the T-Wolves, of course, get one game, just like I do with the Hawks and the Nets. Um, I just think they need a miracle to win the series. And, and, you know, I think the sports books would agree. Um, Nuggets in five is the favorite right now at plus 180. A, a Nuggets sweep is plus 340. Um, we could get a sweep here. This is, I mean, this team did have the best record in the West this year, despite, like, turning it off for the last three weeks of the year. Like, arguably, they were just not trying to win for the last three weeks of the year. Um, you know, they... Otherwise, they probably could have been like a 55 or 58 or 60 win team. Under five and a half games is minus 150, which is the best out of the three that we've talked about so far that are going to be pretty much over quickly. Um, and so that would be the play for those of you that are more cautious out here. You could bet uh, a Nuggets sweep and then cover your bet with Nuggets under five and a half or not even Nuggets under five and a half, the series under five and a half. At minus 150, and just hope that the Wolves only win one game at most, uh, zero, and then you obviously cash out greatly. I think that's what I would do um, with, you know, if I was just like really trying to put some money on this series. I think I'm good on putting money in this series in general, but uh, if I were to, that's probably what I would do is just sprinkle, sprinkle under five and a half, just enough to cover whatever I put on the actual sweep at plus 340 because um, I think it'll be, 
you know, Nuggets in four or five for sure. Next most contentious series is going to be Lakers-Grizzlies. That game on Sunday was really great. Had a bunch of drama. Had Lakers get up to a big lead and then kind of blow it. Then come back in the second half, you know, of the, you know, with a great third quarter performance. They outscored the Grizzlies by 12. You did have Ja Morant get injured during this game and some really great performances from Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. I mean, Hachimura at one point was like 11 of 14 from shooting for like 29 points. Um, Lakers are currently the favorite at minus 245, and I can't blame them. I mean, uh, they stole a game on the road, which is huge. They have a little bit of a size advantage at the 4-5 and five with LeBron and AD if they go that, like, you know, AD at the center lineup. Um, with John Morant missing, it just adds to the already depleted Grizz experience uh, by losing Jaw. Hopefully he's able to come back. I know x-rays did come back that he didn't break anything. Uh, but it is, if I'm not mistaken, his dominant hand. Refs even helped the Grizz in the second quarter. I was listening to a game on the radio, and the Grizz were in the bonus with like eight or nine minutes left in the second. Um, and they were just calling like a bunch of touch fouls, and the Grizz were getting to the line a ton in the second quarter. That probably helped, you know, get them to that six-point lead entering, entering the half. Um, if Jaw does play, he's only likely going to be at like an 80%. Um, and you know, your hand hurting is not really ideal. Um, they do have until Wednesday to play. So that gives them, you know, a nice, nice rest. And so he'll have, you know, obviously the rest of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it'll be the fourth day. Um, so hopefully, you know, that's enough time for him to be maybe a hundred percent. I don't know. Uh, you never know how how bad the injury is until you know the news comes out or you get to see additional. But um, I think the Lakers, for the most part, a lot of people would agree that the Lakers just had an edge going into this series and now have an additional edge, only needing to win three out of six games and with John Morant injured. Um, Grizz probably get two games, though. They probably take one in L.A., you probably have a crazy job Morant game. So you can go Lakers in six plus 300. I, you, by the end of this, I'm going to have every single series, somebody winning in six. Um, or either team to win in six is plus 180. I actually like this one a little bit more. It gives you the Grizz coming back and just taking care of business and basically a big old F you to me for doubting them, and, and they win four to two. Or on the other hand, you still get the Lakers in your back pocket winning at four to two. So we can go either way as long as it ends in six and doesn't go to seven. So by the time you get there, you're, you, you know, you're excited for either team to win game six, um, you know, after the results of a potential game five. So I think that's kind of where I'm at, you know, as long as we're three, two entering game six, uh, that's actually the only way it would, you could do it because obviously you can't have two and a half to two and a half entering game six. So you just need both teams to win at least two games. And I think the Grizz definitely get at least two, if not doing all the way four. Hopefully this series doesn't go to seven, but I think the series to end in six at plus 180 would be my recommendation. I think I'm leaning Lakers to win. So if you want to take the Lakers in six at plus 300, do it. I just think there's a small possibility the Grizz come back and take care of business win five out of six or four out of four out of the next five 
and take care of business. Coming up next, Warriors versus Kings. This was probably the best game of the weekend. Uh, probably because I am a Warriors fan and I just know so many Kings fans. Shout out to all my Kings fans, friends that reached out and, and checked in and wanted to talk a little shit. I heard the arena was absolutely electric from a group of people that did go. I you know, I saw a video of Slamson like on a wire just getting thrown around and all these like pyrotechnics and they had a black light to make everybody's shirt purple. Like they were pulling out all the stops. Kings absolutely needed that win to kind of it was like their first home win in like 17 years since like April 30th, 2006. Like that's crazy. Shout out to them for that. Um, you know, they, the both teams played a night. So it's probably the shortest rest out of any of the series. Um, you know, just because the game was a lot more contentious than the Sixers game was. And every other team seems to be getting, you know, at least a couple of more days of rest. Warriors are probably going to be fired up. They haven't been great on the road, um, and that that showed in yesterday's game or Saturday's game. But uh, what was really kind of peculiar was Steph's final three-point attempt when it was 123 to 126. For some, I mean, he got a wide-open look with, like, three seconds left or, like, two seconds left and decides to take this, like, running one-legged shot it just it looked like he wasn't a hundred percent trying to make it like maybe maybe i'm wrong right like and then you know who says he's gonna try and not necessarily try his hardest to make a shot at the end but like why not just jump off two feet and be set and make it i don't know if he's like worried about the clock and the ball expiring in his hand or if he's trying to jump closer and make it less difficult but it just felt like he took a more difficult three than he had to take given the space that he had and you know obviously the gravity of the situation like he he i know i'm not saying he had time to like do the whole take a bounce spot up shoot thing but he probably could have shot a more normal shooting rhythm and forced the game to go to overtime um but it's not the way it happened he missed and you know, the Kings are up 1-0. Have to give it to that. They only need to win three out of six to clinch the first round. Uh, they maintain home court advantage. So I think the Dubs, I was talking to my buddy about this for a few hours post-game when we were just decompressing, um, and we both kind of ended up agreeing that the Dubs kind of need this game too to take one on the road um, just to kind of ma- maintain the momentum you don't want to be down 0 to 2 i mean you they would be going home and playing their first home games um but i i just wouldn't feel comfortable being down two games going to roracle uh or chase center for that matter i just wouldn't i wouldn't want to do it so i think they do need to win tonight uh i think the betting money is coming in on them i think the, the kings opened up as the favorite but are now underdogs just as the money's coming in um, you know, we did, we did get a little bit outboarded and out hustled by the Kings, but I think they're just coming off that, that energy of finally making the playoffs. Um, so we'll see. I also made the comment to my buddy, uh, we happen to lose game one often. Um, and it never seems to be a problem. Like even just last year, we lost game one against both Boston and Denver, 
and ended up obviously winning the championship, so we got through everybody. Dubs in six is down to plus 230 from where we took it last week. But, um, you know, it does start with getting a dub tonight. They got to get a dub. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. Um, I'm not super stressed. But honestly, I can see the Kings making every single game in this an absolute dogfight um, and coming through in the clutch. So there it is, Kings fans. I'm saying there's a chance. There's a chance for Kings fans, and I'm definitely saying look out for the dubs. Losing one game is not losing the series. So there's that to consider as well. Um, And that brings us to our last series, which is probably – if, if it's not the Warriors and Kings and it's not the Knicks and Cavs, this is probably going to be the best series of the first round, the Suns and the Clippers. So the Suns are still minus 150 favorites to win after dropping game one. Um, had some, had some, you know, flashes of brilliance during that first game. They also had multiple double-digit deficits that they overcame. Um I think they managed to bounce back. You know, you worry about Kawhi Leonard's minutes and him playing so many minutes. Um, I think he played, like, the whole second half except for, like, two minutes. So if he's able to do that for the entirety of the playoffs, um, then good for him. I just think he wears down. I think the Suns' cohesiveness comes together a bit more. Russell Westbrook felt like he was getting every single bounce his way, the way he was just boarding and everywhere – um, and really impacted the game. Um, you know, he made some cl- a clutch three-pointer from the corner, even though he's only three of 19. Uh, so very good play from Russell Westbrook in game one. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how the Suns respond. This being the most contentious series in the West, I don't really have a read on it. Uh, I do still have the Suns in six ticket that I just took. So the Clippers getting that game one definitely helps that when probably need them to get one more game uh, and then the Suns to just take care of business and the rest for that one to cash but um, you know the Clippers winning a game here and there was part of the plan at least for that that ticket so not surprised there very very excited to see the rest of Suns Clippers and Warriors Kings that is must see TV in the first round um, Quivers, KD, such big names in that series too. It's just great. It's just exactly what you would want in a playoff series. Um, is that, it's exactly what you want. That's all I'm going to say. Looking at the Western Conference winners to come out of it, uh, Timberwolves and Kings are, Timberwolves are plus 11,000. We already agreed that they're not getting out of the first round. Kings are plus 1275. Feels a little disrespectful for the three seed and they did win. Um, so if you want to take a flyer on the Kings, do it. They would have to get through the Kings, then the, probably the Lakers, then probably one of either the Nuggets, Suns, or Clippers to do so. Um, I probably wouldn't put any money on it. Grizz and Clippers have the same odds as the Kings, um, which I find very strange. You'd think the Kings would have better odds, but uh, especially with the Grizzlies being injured and everything. Uh, plus 1,200 for both those teams. Suns are still the favorite at plus 200. Nuggets at plus 330. Warriors at plus 400. Lakers at plus 480. There is a case for the Lakers here. If they're able to get through the hobbled Grizzlies, depending on who they get between Warriors and Kings, that's that's kind of what we're looking at on whether or not they make it all the way. I don't think LeBron has the stamina or the gas to make it that far. 
Um, though just last week I was saying he does get to another gear in the postseason. It's very possible. So uh, if you don't have any tickets out, Lakers or Warriors at plus 400 and plus 500 respectively are probably what I would recommend. Um, Clippers or Kings for your long shots if you wanted to do that. Suns and Nuggets, you're better off just betting them game by game for what their odds are to come out of the West, uh, especially in the later rounds. So don't really recommend those as of yet. Um, But this is going to be great. Great week of basketball that we have here. Uh, I hope you're able to enjoy it as much as I've been enjoying it. It's just been absolutely outstanding. But, um, you know, enjoy watching it and enjoying watching everybody play. And until next time, bye-bye.